Class Dismissed by Alan Woodrow, Chapter 8, Eric. I sit at my desk with my pencil, notebook, and a copy of Hamlet, the book I brought to class. A few other kids brought books, but no one reads one. I open my book. Hamlet isn't a book, really. It's a play by Shakespeare, who most people say was the great, greatest playwriter ever. Shakespeare lived a long time ago. And it's hard to read his plays because he uses a whole bunch of words I've never heard of before. I can't read more than a few lines at a time without my mind swimming in confusion. Like this line, I am but mad north-northwest. When the wind is southerly, southerly, I know a hawk from a handsaw. Huh? But Shakespeare is supposed to be brilliant. And if I want to be a brilliant writer... I need to read brilliant things, even if they are impossible to understand. Meanwhile, around the room, everyone seems bored. A group of girls sit in a circle, and Madeline tells them a story about her cat. I think it's the fourth time she's told the same story. Pieces of familiar conversation float across the room to me. Eli made a giant paperclip chain, but has run out of paperclips, so he walks around trying to borrow some from everyone. I don't have any paperclips, I say. Are you sure? He asks. It's important. Yeah, sorry. Right in front of me, Adam and Lizzie sit on the floor, doodling on the backs of their chairs. Their desks are covered completely, doodled all over, so I suppose they ran out of room for them. Adam brushes his arm against Lizzie's and then pretends it's an accident, but I don't think it's an accident. You can get to know people pretty well if you just sit and watch them. Danny, who sits to my left, rests on his head on his desk, yawning wildly. Next to him, Jasmine rests her head too and snores lightly. Behind them, Kyle takes a break from throwing erasers to feed our room hamster, Soda. I'm glad someone remembered to feed it. He closes the container of hamster food and then hurls an eraser at Jasmine's head. She lurches up from her nap, annoyed. The eraser sticks in her thick dreadlocks. She doesn't even bother to remove it, and instead, she goes back to sleep. That's the thing about school. You may have hated Mrs. Bryce, but at least we had things to do. If you ever yawned or closed your eyes, she'd yell at you. But... We're stuck here, and we can't leave, or someone might see us and wonder why we're not in class. Then our secret would be leaked for sure. A couple of kids brought phones, but since they aren't allowed in school, most kids didn't want to risk being caught by their parents sneaking them to class. I think Maggie is up to something, though. She sits in front at the teacher's desk, riffling through Miss Bryce's files and old homework papers. Every few seconds, she looks up, smiles, continues browsing. Yesterday, I thought Maggie was disappointed about us keeping our incredible secret. Apparently, she changed her mind. If Maggie is okay with our teacherless class, then I guess I am too. Maggie's the most serious girl in school. She wears a sweatshirt that says Harvard on the front. She tells every, she always tells everyone where she's going to college someday. That's a long time from now, though. To keep busy, I write. I write a story about a man who has nothing to do, so he sits in a chair all day long, day after day.
Cobwebs form between his fingers. His beard grows so long it hits the floor. But still, he doesn't move. He has nothing better to do. Eventually, demolition crews come to tear down the building where the man lives. The crew, the crews don't know that the bearded man lurks inside because no one has seen him in years. As the man hears the wrecking ball smash against the concrete walls and debris crumble down around him, he stands. He wobbles since he hasn't stood in a long time, and his muscles have grown saggy. But he staggers across the room and opens the front door. The light of the day blinds him. He has forgotten how bright sunlight can be. The crowd surrounding the buildings gasps. The man is as pale as a ghost and bone thin. At first, everyone thinks he's a zombie, but then they realize he's alive and human. What have you been doing? A woman in the crowd asks him. Nothing much, says the man. But it's too late to stop the demolition. The wrecking ball swings again and the, ball, the walls collapse on top of the man. When the crowd finds him buried in the rumble, he's smiling. Um, why are you so happy? <laughs> A man asks him. As the last flicker of life leaves his body, he replies, because for the first time in years, I am not bored. Isn't it lunchtime? Eli asks. He points to the classroom clock. I look up from my paper. Lunch? Already? I rest my pencil on my desk and rise from my seat. But who will lead us to lunch? Asks Madeline, light reflecting on her braces. We all exchange confused looks. No one knows. We always file behind Miss Bryce. But there is no Miss Bryce here to file behind. I didn't bring a lunch, complains Cooper. Maggie told Principal Klein that no one in our class is buying lunch today. So what am I supposed to eat? Cooper looks like he's going to cry. No one has an answer for him. And then I remember, I didn't bring a lunch either. Oh, my stomach growls. Calm down, says Kyle. He frowns and grunts. If we keep our mouths shut, everything will be fine. But I'm hungry, whines Cooper. How about eating a smelly sock, says Brian with a mincing hiss and a crack of his knuckles. Cooper sniffles and chokes back his final sob. There's a sliver of glass between the door and the wall, so I can see the hallway outside. Classes are streaming from their rooms to gather to the lunchroom. <coughs> We need to join them in the hall. Teachers will notice if we're not in line and ready to go. I expect Maggie to stand up and solve our problem, or even Kyle, but they look as lost as the rest of the class, as if they are in a black tunnel and can't see their way out. No one takes charge. So I clear my throat. <clears throat> um, hey, I say. A couple of kids glance over, but most ignore me. When you're usually invisible, it's hard to become visible again. I clear my throat again, this time louder. Um, everyone, my voice cracks. It's uncustomed to, be, to being loud. It sounds weird to me. My classmates notice me now. I hate the stairs. I want to hide, but I can't hide after I've called everyone's attention to me. Um, I, I, I think we should assign a line leader to take us to lunch. And, um, so I can feel my face blushing, but I keep going. And, um, 
if, if you brought a lunch, how about sharing it with someone who, who didn't? Then um, uh, we can we can all eat something, you know? My face burns from the attention. It's probably bright red. But then a strange thing happens. No one yells at me to be quiet. No one shoves me or calls me nasty names for sharing lousy ideas. Instead, my classmates nod their heads. They smile. They agree. Great idea, says Kyle. Me, Eric Hill. I spoke up. And it was okay. Those who brought lunches volunteered to share with the kids who didn't. Emmy brought peanut butter and jelly and offers to split it with me. I don't like jelly, especially not raspberry jelly, which is the flavor Emily likes. But I don't see anything other than, sure, thanks. Who wants to split my lunch, asked Lizzie. I bought ground lamb avocado balls I made myself. No one says a word. I can't imagine anyone would want to eat lamb avocado balls. I could write a horror story about lamb avocado balls. I will, says Adam. Lizzie smiles broadly, and the freckles on her cheeks stretch in size. Adam smiles back, but his face looks slightly greenish. Adam's holding the sack lunch, but he drops it on the floor, so Lizzie can't see that he brought his lunch today. I think of grabbing it so I don't have to share Emmy's sandwich, but Adam kicks it away, and I'm guessing it's sort of ruined. Let's go, announces Kyle. No one moves. Everyone looks at me. Aren't you our line leader, Eric? Jade asks, twirling her skinny brown hair around her fingers. She stares at me, wanting her pale green eyes popping against her deep brown skin. Uh, I hesitate. Um, me? I've never been line leader before. I've never wanted to be. But someone has to. And how hard can it be? Uh, sure. Adam and Lizzie, get behind me, followed by Maggie and the brains. We walk out of the hall. I lead. The others follow. Single file. It feels strange to be followed. In the hallway, I stand next to the lockers, checking that everyone is in line behind me. We look like we always do, except that we don't have a teacher in front. In line, about 15 kids back, Brian pushes Kyle. Kyle shoves Seth. Seth bangs onto Madeline. She gives a shout, a short yelp, and backs into Gavin, stepping on one of the high-top sneakers. Gavin, who's tall, toddles back into Trevor. Trevor is short, so Gavin's elbow bumps Trevor's chin. Watch it, snaps Trevor, who pushes Gavin forward and into Madeline, who then knocks into Seth. Seth shoves her back into Gavin, and it's like a nasty game of pinball. Closer to me, Danny pushes Paige and giggles. Paige was holding a notebook, and it falls to the ground. She stumbles out of the line and into the hallway. Stop it, she hisses to Danny who is now pushing Jasmine. Leave me alone, complains Jasmine. Danny snickers. What's going on here? The booming voice of Principal Klein immediately halts the pushing and talking and snickering. Pushing and talking and snickering are against a hundred lunchtime line rules. When we had rules. Everyone stands straight at attention. We're suddenly a well-trained army without an army without an arm and a leg out of line. We all stare ahead at Miss Bryce. Well, if she were standing there. Where's your teacher? Asked Principal Klein. It sounds like a demand, than a, more like a demand than a question. 
Our principal is a large man and even thought he wears orange cardigan sweat, even though he wears orange cardigan sweaters. He's a little scary. Maybe it's the size of his hands. They are huge. When he talks, I always stare at his hands. I want to hide, but there's nowhere to run. In back of me, a few kids cough. None of us move a muscle or say a word. I asked, where's Miss Bryce? Our principal demands. His hands clench. Again, no one says anything. I answer softly. She's in the bathroom? I expect Miss Principal Klein to accuse me of lying, jabbing his giant fingers into my chest, twisting my ear, and marching me to the office. Everyone will laugh at me. Instead, Principal Klein says, All right. But stop goofing off in the halls. You know better. Instead, Principal Klein... I can't believe we were busted. My heart is pounding as Mr. Klein heads back toward the front office. Once he's around the corner, I stumble forward and we're on our way down the hall. Still, I'm so nervous I can't breathe. I exhale only when I am halfway down the hallway. When we get to the cafeteria, we all sit at our regular lunch table. Emmy gives me half of her peanut butter and raspberry jelly sandwich. I hope there would be just a small dab of jelly over a thick spread of peanut butter. Instead, the sandwich is caked with gobs of jelly and just a small bit of peanut butter layer. Amy also brought four cookies and gives me two of them. I think they are chocolate chip cookies, but I am extremely disappointed to discover they're oatmeal raisin. I don't like raisins much, but I keep silent. Around me, the kids share their lunches without arguing. We can't misbehave or we'll be caught, so no one pushes anyone or starts a food fight, although there's some commotion at the other end, near the big goofs. Still, we've lasted more than 20 minutes with the rest of the fifth grade, and no one has discovered our incredible secret. But I just know this can't last for long.